You're listening to Selfish. This is where we bring self-care and bravery together to encourage you to follow your dreams. Here is your host, your favorite selfish enthusiast, Allie Hembree-Martin. Diana Olnick is a high-performance business coach. Diana is currently writing her first book, The Alchemy of Business and Life, where she unveils her four epiphanies and success principles that took her to a higher level of achievement in all areas of her life. Diana, I am so excited. We are having a chance to finally have a conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much. I'm very excited. This is an awesome opportunity for me to be speaking about all things selfish. (laughs) And so I had a chance to be on Diana's podcast and we had such a great conversation. I um, said, I need you to be on mine. So um, before we get started into the questions, Diana, I would love for you to share about yourself. Tell us all about Diana. Thank you very much. Yes. um, So... I am originally um, a girl that was born in Colombia, in South America, and I happened to move to Canada about nine years ago. My degree, uh, which I took in um, Colombia, was in engineering. And when I came to Canada, it was like I experienced a lot of uh, confusion because I didn't speak the language, I didn't have family. I just came alone and I actually came to learn English, but it was a very, um, like a difficult experience uh, finding out that I couldn't have a job uh, right away in my degree because that degree is um, regulated in Canada. And it was also like uh, the experience of trying to speak with people and not feel understood. That was a little bit challenging too, but those experiences I think that over time gave me um, also some courage to find different ways or new ways for me to discover other skills or talents that maybe I had hidden in myself and I wasn't aware of. I ended up taking finance also in college. Um, I also took civil technology um, as part of my the opportunities that were presented to me at the moment. And um, those experiences um, took me also to work in the financial area in a, um, in a bank. And I was able to work also um, finally in my engineering field. Um, I always felt though that in the times that, during the times that I had um, like a regular job, I felt that there was something that I was missing. I didn't know exactly what it was. But I felt like it, there, there must be something else. Like It's like when you have a goal in your mind and then you can see that it actually came through and then you have that feeling of, uh, I'm not still not happy. So that was me at the moment. I, I felt that it was so difficult for me to get a job. But when I finally had the job in engineering, I felt that there was something else, maybe something else, I'm, I'm, there is something that I'm missing. I felt like empty, that's, that's what I mean. Like I, I've got my goal, but I don't know what else to do. 
There is something important that happened in my life that inspired me a lot. And it was that uh, at the, of course, the lack of a family or support, I became, like I fell in love very fast with a, a man. And I, like we, we became, you know, like um, a couple and uh, I started to experience how is to live with someone, how it's all of this type of um, a communion with someone else. I became, you know, I, f I fell in love. But um, what happened is that we had a baby. And uh, the things, as everybody says, didn't work. Um, so um, I had to separate after like about four years, the, the baby or the kid was two years old. And it was a very difficult time of my life because um, I didn't have a job. I, it, it, this happened before um, I was able to get a job that I mentioned. So this situation was really, really um, difficult for me. And I discovered things of myself that I never, never thought that I would be able to realize or to believe about myself. I never experienced, you know, circumstances difficult like this type of circumstances in my country. And so for me, it was um, like, okay, I have to do whatever I have to do to continue my life alone with this kid. Now I had the responsibility of a kid. I didn't have family close to me and not a job. What is surprising though is that is in those moments where you feel like more in the darkness, darkness, because, and I say darkness because it was very painful. When you start to discover if I am able to do this, I think that I can, be, I can, I'm, I'm able to do other, and other, other things that I never thought possible for me. Mm. So I always had this idea because I come from a country that is, um, you know, like a third world country, it's like a poor country. I had this idea for you to have a business, you have to have a lot of money, a lot of capital. So at that time, even though I was in the darkness, I started, I started to kind of have this idea in my mind that if it was not possible for me to find a job right away, then I have to invent my own way. And I was very... It's, it's kind of like surprising. Like I was an engineer. I had a good position in my country. I was the director of quality management and it was in the government. And then I, I came here and I, I didn't have a job. Like it wasn't that easy. Um, but somehow things arranged themselves. And that is the best wisdom that I got from that experience. And that it has been my life. When I analyze my life, I've been through very difficult situations. But somehow they arrange later on and, and it's just a matter of waiting, waiting that everything happens and everything goes away too. Nothing is forever. So um, that was a, kind of like the beginning of me, like contemplating maybe I, maybe I should start something by myself. I waited though and then eventually I was able to get the, the job that I explained in engineering and from there, is that I said there must be something else. I kind of like um, was more like confident about that idea. And I started um, um, an interior design agency because I also with my degree, which is related a little bit with design, 
um, when I took civil uh, technology at college, um, I learned how to do um, dr uh, drawings and drafting, and I like creation. I like that type of work. So I started the, the, the agency. At the time, I was living in another town, so it was okay for me. And that was my first experience in a business. I just started because it was local. I just, I just started, you know, like making friends and speaking about my work and showing them and they became interested. And then I started to have clients and that's how it started. That is the beautiful idea of, of when you live in small communities, because I think that even though the online world is where now everybody is, I still like to have those, uh, of course, um, personal connections. I think that they are, they are, they are more powerful anyways. Mm -hmm. Because when I show myself online, the people really actually don't get to have that whole feeling of who I am. It's different when they see me in person and they can read my eyes and they can kind of read how trustable I could be. Right. Uh, online is more difficult <laughs> to get that. But... Um, yeah, so that was my very first experience with the business. And then later on, I, because I had the previous experience in my country where my job was actually going to different um, companies and explaining how to um, implement systems and basically uh, implement um, systems to actually take measurements. And uh, when I say take measurements is, um, I don't know if you're related with this term, but in marketing, there is a term that is called KPI, which mm -hmm. is key performance indicators. So, when, and when I speak about systems, I also have to make this clarification because it's always confusing. When I say systems, it's not like we're going to implement the accounting system, <laughs> like a software. No, it's not about that. Systems is about creating a standardized method or mechanism inside the, the company. Mm -hmm. that allows you to have predictable results. For example, uh, creating procedures, creating the actual processes and creating a system that is consistent and that allows you to read those key performance indicators. And that is with the purpose ultimately to analyze the data and recognize and make um, certain decisions about where you have to improve. So that is systems, that is implementing uh, structures inside the business so it can run basically without you. That's the ultimate goal. And that is kind of like the work that I was doing in my country. Like I became specialized in that inside engineering. So that's how I became, um, I got certified as a high performance coach, but teaching or kind of like transferring my knowledge about how to these automations, these systems, these procedures took me ultimately to develop this model that I have that also comes from the experience and from the theory that I learned um, and uh, develop this model about what is a minimalist business. Right. I love that because you took your, your training, your career, and you applied those engineering methods and approach to actually working with female entrepreneurs in that same manner. So um, I loved when Diana explained it to me, she said, 
it's truly looking at a business like you would a machine and, you know, being able to analyze where the kinks are and where you can make it a smoother and more efficient business. And so you have kind of coined this approach of minimalist business. So talk to us about what that looks like as a, you know, running a minimalist business. Yeah, thank you for asking that. The term minimalist is a term that we could equate as a lean, the term lean. So the term lean is that it, it ultimately helps you to understand how to actually achieve efficiency in your business. So in order to achieve efficiency, that's why you create these systems so you can analyze in what areas I am overspending or in what areas I am uh, not meeting my goals and why and what actions I can take or in what areas I can um, reduce the amount of activities that are not adding value to the whole chain of processes happen happening inside the business. It can might look a little bit confusing from the theory, but it's, it's kind of like, um, let's say in an example, let's say that you are um, like a design company, a graphic design. So in order for you to become efficient with your designs, you have to be able to create a system where every time that a client asks you to make a design for you, um, you have to be able to know what is the standard time that takes you for a standardized time for the, to make those, that design, for example. And you have to be able to measure or know um, if you add actually, after the design is done, if you actually met that standard time or not. And that is, that is where a key performance indicator is created. Because if you are at 60% or 80% of your goal, your production goal, then you can know, okay, what happened? So then the reasons might be that the client asks you for more reprocessing, you know, like to, oh, no, I want to change this in the design. No, I want to change now this, not another one. Um, that affects a lot the whole business that we don't realize all that because we're doing it and we think that that's the normal way to do it. But there are ways always to make the, the business more efficient. Uh, and the ways come when you analyze all the steps that you're taking and what is happening inside those operations. This is just an example in, in a design process and in graphic design, but it happens in all the processes. Sure. And when I say processes, it means uh, accounting, finance, marketing, um, all the processes that you might think of pro a production, even if it's a, a normal like industrial and actual production, it's the same. Like it applies to absolutely everything. For example, if you're making, uh, if you're a coach, so then that would be um, one of the goals that you can set is how many phone calls you get uh, in a certain amount of time and how many clients do you get. And with those results, you can actually make different decisions, right? So yeah, um, it is about teaching women. And the reason why I taught in women is because as you know my story now, you understand that my main um, aspiration that I had when I was a single mom with a two-year-old kid is to have 
some freedom, right? I didn't, I was super afraid of getting a job and having to leave my kid. Although I had to go through that, I also had, I always had in my mind this pain and this um, inspiration also to help one day someone to do that um, um, in their own lives. Like I, I became very inspired of, um, I want to transmit this experience um, to someone else, a woman uh, who maybe is feeling the same that I'm feeling. Uh, the feeling is the the desire of being with a kid, the desire of or the desire of being a mom, while at the same time you can explore all your talents and your skills. I think that that is a beautiful, a very beautiful um, uh, desire. Like um, the, to be, to be able to you know, meet there with the natural biological laws that we have as moms, as, as mothers, and at the same time, um, developing, continue developing your career. So that's why I decided to teach women. And also the minimalist side come, and this is very related with uh, self-care, <laughs> um, <laughs> with this idea, it's a little bit of a spiritual idea, but also it's very, you know, like a lifestyle. And is that um, the more, it's like, this is like a philosophy. So it's applied not just in business, it's applied to everything. But the more you have sometimes, the more um, control you need, the more resources you need, the more time you need, and the more um, busy, you can, busy you can get. And as a, that was not my initial purpose. I actually wanted to have more time with my kid. That's why I became like in love with um, minimalism. Mm-hmm. because it's a philosophy that teaches you how to be efficient with less resources and that is the same concept that happens in engineering is um, how you can create the maximum amount of productivity which at the end of the day means more profitability mm-hmm. with less and less resources um, that's basically my what I've been studying all my life with all the studies that I've done and my experience and I said, this is amazing. Like, this is exactly a point where my personal life and my career life meet together, this concept of minimalism. So I decided that I wanted to teach women because now I explain um, why that was my inspiration. Uh, hopefully may, hopefully they, they would understand, they would be in the same um, spot where uh, they have the realization that... Um, that is um, an opportunity to free themselves and, and share their time that they want with their families. And also um, this concept of minimalist is basically trying to make the business easier um, and more productive and more uh, profitable while at the same time you have your life more uh, streamlined. So that is the whole purpose. And that's why I became you know, like, um, like, a ambassador of this philosophy. Well, and that's, that's the beauty of it because we don't need to make our businesses so difficult. I mean, they really can be streamlined and simple and have these concepts in place that make it easier on us, but yet maximize the profitability. And I think that's so smart because often we are overwhelmed with all the things that we should be doing or that we see that we think we need to be doing. 
And really, you're reminding us that it comes down to what's important. And if what's important is you spending time with your family, then it really is all about making it as lean as possible, making it a, a system that works for you, but allows you to have the freedom and the flexibility that you, you know, it's, that's why you're doing it. You know, that's the whole reason behind working for yourself. And I just love that. That's you remind us of what's important. Yeah. I, I think that yeah, like when, when we see it from the outside, it's, it just makes sense. It's smart. But for some reason, we keep following, for, falling in the trap of thinking that the more we can do, the better, the, the more mm. we can get, you know? Mm-hmm. And I say that because I have fallen in the trap too. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah, we all yes. have. And it's like that you is, said, we, yeah. we continue to fall into it. Do you yes. feel like when you look at women working in their businesses, what do you think is the biggest mistake that they're making? Maybe that's it, but is there one that's bigger? Like, what do you feel like is holding women back? I think that what I've seen online is that we, we, I don't know if this is mostly women, but we don't stop comparing ourselves to somebody else out there. Mm. We see people, of course, um, or people that we have as, uh, you know, leaders, that we have leaders in the fields that we are, and we follow the leaders, and we follow the leaders because, because we want to learn from the leaders. But the very fine trap that we keep falling there is that we want to be them, and that is a mistake, in my opinion. Yes. We want to have their results. Therefore, we say, like when they are selling their products, they say, if you buy this course from me, you're going to get, if I was able to get a $7 million business, you're going to do it too because you have all the capabilities and blah, blah, blah. blah. Like they, they are going to use all the psychology that is behind that to sell. And because we are weak enough to think that we have to be that person we keep falling in the trap of not doing, like enjoying and having our own personal path, but trying to follow others' path. And that creates a lot of um, anxiety when you don't have the results and uh, stress, uh, self, um, you know, that sense of that you're not enough, that you're not capable, or that something is wrong. It's even worse. You feel that something is wrong, that you're right. so, doing something wrong. And you're totally sure. You're like, no, I have to have more experience. No, it's because I have to do, uh, implement these other systems. No, they are doing challenges. I have to also do challenges. No, they are doing <laughs> uh, <laughs> lives. I also so have true. to do the lives. No, and then you don't have the lean business anymore because you're thinking, that everything that they are doing you have to be doing and it's not necessarily that way like that is a mistake right there that's the main mistake I think when we compare ourselves to others I think you're right I I really do think that's you know there it puts so much um I don't know if it's satisfaction that goes down or if it's courage that goes down self-esteem but there is some mix that 
when we look at other people and we start comparing and you, it's just like you said, online, it's even easier because we can look at the likes, we can look at the Mm -hmm. follows and that plays into the same message. So if there's a lady listening now and she's really struggling to find that groove aside from working with you, because obviously that's an option, but aside from working with you directly, what is something that you would recommend female business owners to do? You know, is there, is there something that they can look at themselves before giving you a call that would really help them develop that minimalist business? I think that, as I said, it's very beautiful to embrace, like to, to wonder ourselves first where I am and what is my idea of where I want to go, but in an honest way, like not comparing to someone else, just very honest, just with yourself. You don't have to say that to absolutely anybody, just an, an internal assessment of wondering who do I think that I am right now and where do, you, do I want to go? Because I think that that question is important because although you might have an idea of where you want to go, you might not get there and it's mm-hmm. totally okay. That is the, the trap that we always like keep following, falling in is that we, and it, and I, I'm, I'm sorry that this sounds super contradictory. This is my, my, my view, my philosophy. And this is what ultimately I'm going to tell you. I don't have a $7 billion business, but I am happy. Mm-hmm. I am super happy with my life the way exactly as it is. So if it's not about the money, if it's not about getting that house, that car, those material things, it has to be about you getting happy, right? At the end of the day, it has yes. to be about that. So if you find a way where you can be happy, even if you are in a job, even if you are in a job that you feel right now that you don't like it, but if you can be happy, the job doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter if you have the business in X or Y way, as long as you are happy. So that's why that first question is important, like who you think that you are right now and where do you think that you're going? And then trying to discover, then how can I get that flexibility inside myself to allow myself to make any, what we think that are mistakes, because I don't think that there is mistake. Everything is said in a very wise way for everybody in every path that we are following and learning to discover what is the beauty of every single thing that we are seeing every, every second, actually. That's where the, the, the actual kind of like a calm and peace comes in place. Where you're not analyzing, okay, if I if my goal was to have a ten thousand um, followers uh, every two months, for example, or even let's say that you're not about followers, but you, which is smarter, of course, uh, to have um, ten clients per month mm-hmm. in a coaching business, let's say. If you're starting with that goal, what happens if you don't reach that goal? So it's allowing the space for, I like that, but then I have to wonder why do I want the 10 clients? So then it's at the end of the day, I understand that it's, there is certain amount of money that you want to make in the month. That's when it 
it's a smart to build something that allows you to get those goals, which has to have has to be with systems, have to have to be with um, uh, methods that are uh, designed for that. But even if you don't find that result, then it's having the flexibility before you even start the business to say, um, I am gonna be open, open is the word, like open and accepting whatever the path is because I decide to be happy. I just decided, you know, even if I get X or Y result, this is gonna be what is gonna make me happy. And the reason why is because I'm gonna enjoy everything that is gonna be happening with that sense of curiosity of how this is happening. It's like becoming a little bit like a child. I know that this is a little bit, this philosophy is a little bit, you know, different. But when we approach the business, when we approach the life like that, then we become more like we, for some reason, we don't care about anymore about the actual money and the goals and get stressed for that. We just come from a sense of, I want to give, I actually, because I that's what makes me happy. Or I want to teach because that's what makes me happy. Or I want to um, uh, do this uh, design, for example, if the person lo- loves design, I want to do this design because that is what makes me happy. Regardless, if I get the 10,000 or the, 110 clients per month or not so that comes down ultimately to the fact of enjoying being um, present in every moment with everything that we are doing rather than having the mind totally in the in the in those goals it might sound contradictory because when we implement systems and that's the reason why we create key performance indicators we have goals in mind but the also a business owner have to have a very strong mindset where that goal you know that you have it but you're not gonna feel that you fail if you don't reach that it's right. just part of the it's just part of the journey it's exciting it's nice so it's seeing it in another way it's not seeing it in a, i'm gonna get depressed i'm gonna feel that i'm not worthy that i'm not prepared that there is something else that i'm missing something something and you're never gonna be happy because you're gonna always feel that there is something that you're missing and there is nothing that you're missing is is that is that what you're actually missing is that you're not enjoying what is happening at, at every moment and that takes away your opportunity to be happy exactly in that moment so that that would be my advice for someone who um wants to you know is is a kind of curious about what it would be to have a minimalist business is is and understand that like the, fa- the definition that you have about who you are right now and the definition that you want in the future of you uh, trying to achieve X or Y is totally relative. It doesn't have to be in just one absolute result. You just have to be open to, um, to, open to the opportunities and to whatever arises and be with that and enjoy the journey. That is what, what I think. What an amazing lesson and reminder and I know we we were talking about the word lesson earlier and we said lesson sometimes has a negative connotation because it infers that you did something wrong but mm-hmm. it, it it's just having that awareness and and giving yourself permission to forgive yourself 
and, and really focus on what's important. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head and I don't know that we've ever really had that honest of a conversation in any episode before, but it really comes down to what is important and what is happy and what, where that is, is far greater of an important uh, KPI to measure than the number in your bank account or the number of clients you have. And so I think that is just so powerful, Diana. And I'm really glad you reminded us um, to keep those things into perspective. And, you know, really when it comes down to things, you know, it really comes down to your self-care and what you're doing for yourself because reminding yourself that your happiness is more important than your bank account is self-care. And so Diana, I would love for you to share with us the, your favorite ways to practice self-care. Thank you. I also like that question. <laughs> yes, it's, it's exciting because we as human beings, we are, we are, of course, like a super complex, right? Like entity. We, we have so many uh, things that make us being what we are right now. So I didn't, everything, of course, it didn't start like this. As I explained, I came from a very, I come from a very, you know, poor country and uh, also from a very humble family. So my habits, my mind was not like this at all. I had the more scarce mind that you can imagine. Uh, it was always, you know, problems. I could see always problems. I could see problems everywhere. I could always see stress. I could always see um, resistance in every single thing. But the journey has taken me like to the person that I am right now. And I'm super glad to share that. One of the main, um, uh, I think a good habit that I implemented during my journey was to become a vegetarian. And mm -hmm. I, I like, it's, 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 I cannot explain you enough with words how excited I am that I really made that decision. First of all, I can see just, let's just say I speak about the body, just the physical body. Mm -hmm. uh, before I was a vegetarian, uh, my weight was, of course, more, first of all. Just not even counting in exercise. Just for becoming a vegetarian, I lost weight. Hmm. And I wasn't, I wasn't, of course, um, uh, eating less that I felt like hungry or anything like that. I just continued eating my normal portions, but this time was vegetables and it was okay. Now, for most people, when you say I'm vegetarian, uh, people that have never, never explored that option, they think that is boring, boring. But then, of course, I went to Pinterest and I said, let me like explore what kind of things can right. be there. <laughs> and there is a whole world and universe of foods that are super delicious. So I became, you know, even more in love with the kitchen. It's, it's like a, it's like an artistic, it's an artistic experience. I really invite anybody, please just give it a try. And being yourself, um, you know, like open again to the experience of having your vegetables, washing them, touching them, observing the colors, you know, like the whole experience and tasting those flavors, cooking them, putting different spices, 
it's, it's, a, it's a whole experience. So when you go with that mind and try to, you know, you know that those nutrients, that those vegetables are, are, are going to nourish your body, um, then the whole experience changes you discovered that you don't need the meat anymore. And that is just in a physical level. So of course I felt more in, in energy. I, um, I have two kids and people sometimes tell me that I don't look like I had two kids. And the reason I think is because of my diet, that vegetarian um, life type of lifestyle is plant-based basically. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, one of the most important habits that I was able to change. And also... I, I don't necessarily think that this is something that is going to make everybody successful, but um, I do, I can see the difference that it makes when you uh, wake up early. And I, I'm not saying that I love to wake up early. Like I can see the resistance in my body. I can see the resistance in my mind. But even trying to get yourself to your you know, mental state that is stronger, that fact of waking up early, even if you don't go and exercise, even if you, that is going to make you over time see other challenges easier because you are training your mind also to not being, you know, like weak and just because of a thought said, no, you go back to it. You just go back to it. No, you have to be, you know, like in, in power of your own um, mind. So I wake up early at five in the morning and I go to the gym. So I go and do um, um, weights. I don't do like a whole, like I'm not a fitness person, but I put the body movement. Mm-hmm. And it's just from Monday to Friday. And of course, I give myself permission to sometimes I don't go. I just, just I feel that I shouldn't go when it's super cold. For example, I live in a place where in winter, the winter is like almost six months. <laughs> and the temperatures are minus 30, minus 40, and sometimes minus 50. <laughs> Mm. so yes so sometimes you just don't want to go with that cold and especially me because I I come from another like a Caribbean type of uh, weather sure but um, those uh, type of um, habits are absolutely great and I don't want to sound like you know like the uh, lifestyle entrepreneur that is like you know like the cool thing in Instagram but I can see how you don't necessarily have to start meditating in the formal way that you're going to become enlightened. But uh, when you're walking, for example, good habits that you can have or that I do with myself is that I try to be aware of the walking. So enjoying that how one feet waits for the other one and how it feels in my feet to touch the ground and how... Um, you, you can feel the air in your body and, and you can feel, you know, the resistance of the body or the pain or a pain that you feel. So the whole experience of doing walking, that is kind of like meditating while you're walking. It's like mm-hmm. being present. I think that that helps you uh, because over time you develop a more uh, like awareness of if something apparently bad comes your way, you what you're doing with that type of training is that you open to see not just the side that you think that is bad but also decide that could it also be good in some way Mm. we never stop to think that something that seems bad could be also good 
that's kind of like the war of the war of the duality that we live in this world, which is what keeps us also trapped in thinking that this is called suffering and this is the pain. But we never, we never actually, um, when we're not trying to do this, we we never uh, stop to think what what could be the other options. Um, if there could be a possibility that that thing that we feel, for example, a pain in the body, uh, a pain as a result of uh, like an injury or something like that, it never occurs to us that maybe that injury can have something good behind. We sure. just con- try. We just want to concentrate and think that is bad and that is pain, but there might be other possibilities. So when I walk and I do that, you know, type of awareness, it trains me to see or to be open um, to other possibilities. And as you can see now, in any other area of my life, so my family, uh, the relationships with other people, the way that I communicate with other people, the way that I see other people, um, the the comments that people can make about me, um, and also everything related with the business. So that's why um, I use those type of good habits that are, of course, from authentic self-care to extend them to other areas of my life to help them so I can um, live a a life that is more fulfilled regardless of the circumstances. That would be my main main, uh, self-care activities that I do. I love that. Is there anything you wish you could be doing more? I did not before I think reading more but we actually read many books right now um uh, before i would say i have said that uh reading more but you know what what is interesting is that over time you discover that the more you read the less you know (laughs) so i think that um maybe being more outside in the nature um just meditating and meditating i'm not saying i'm not saying uh, in a in a religious way i'm saying more like being enjoying just every every moment i i i wish maybe um that is something that i could do even more and i'm actually doing it right now it's summer so i can do it more Mm-hmm. And we go with the family and we walk and we try to um, just enjoy the time of being present there together. Um, but yeah, that contact with the nature when you live in a city is something that is super, super important. Um, yeah, that would be maybe like um, more time in nature. In I love forests, like to be walking inside, you know, like forests and appreciating the trees and the leaves and the flowers and all of that. I love that. So more of that, I'd say. What is next for you, Diana? What is next for me is that there is no next. Is uh, sorry, I like to speak sometimes in a very kind of like philosophical ways, and it's difficult sometimes to express myself, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try. What happened is that as as you as as I explain you, whenever you have like a set, you know, like a street goal, the goal the things might not turn out to be that way. And I'm um, be, I'm learning to become open, you know, more and more open. 
and to any possibility that arrives. Um, I'm also learning to not thinking that there is a next. And the reason for that is I know it's an unexpected answer, but the reason why it is true for my own self is because we don't know as human beings right now at this point, what is the real notion of time and space, first of all. I like to study a lot <laughs> about those topics because that's, that's just my own personal interest. And for me, placing all of those expectations um, makes me wait for something, makes me um, create a, an, an imaginary future that actually doesn't exist. And as I have been studying a lot, and now it became a truth for me, the only real, the only, only, only real um, thing that is happening is just this present. It's just this beautiful, amazing present when I'm saying these words. And what is beautiful about that is that as I, I am saying the words, as you can see, the words is the, the words themselves are living they are not coming back so they are becoming a past and becoming a past again and a past and a past and a past so this is just to explain how in the same way that we cannot retain that that uh, past uh, the present is converting in a past so it's kind of like reducing to nothing and in the same way of course there is not a future <laughs> so in that point where we cannot attain any of these concepts for me in my mind, for trying to form something what could be next or a future would be trying to, to create an imaginary thing that is not actually existing. So I try, my mind is still try to grasp a future and create things, you know, like have expectations and create plans, but I try more consciously not to do it, to do it because of that reason. And what I, it allows me is to enjoy more this very um, present because when we don't do that and we spend a lot of time and I say that because I used to do that creating in my mind like I would lay in the sofa for example and I create I'm gonna do this and this and this and this is gonna be the next step and this step and most of the stuff that I spent hours planning didn't happen <laughs> and even be myself being an organized person even myself so we can come to understand that many things are out of our control and uh, we have to adjust always always have to adjust so I think that there is a beauty and wisdom that I am willing to explore in being like surprised with for what is gonna come next to me it's like take like bring it to me and I will see myself what I'm gonna do with that so I can plan that for next I I I can say right now, I like to um, being able to travel more. And that was in my plans. I was going to start traveling more. But <laughs> look at what happened with the crisis. Right, right. <laughs> no, it's not possible. And it's out of my control. I cannot control that. So then I just have to spend hours looking at hotels, looking at the places, because I did, looking at the places where we were going to stay, what activities we were going to do for nothing, <laughs> because the nature just decides that that's not the way. And that realizing of how beautiful is this, like the nature decides for me, I don't have to do anything at all. 
no, it's like myself saying, no, you don't have to do anything at all. Everything is going to be arranged for you. The only job that you have to do is notice what is happening at every moment and, and try to get clarity and wisdom for yourself at every moment, which is try to get happy with every moment that you're living. It doesn't matter whatever comes, you will do it. That's what I have for myself, my own philosophy. Well, so, I mean, your philosophy, though, is truly it's just so refreshing to hear. And I'm just so glad that we had a chance to talk because it's, it's a, a really well-timed reminder. And I've just smiled through our entire conversation because it's just really um, a beautiful message that you share. And you can tell it's so genuine with who you are, Diana. So thank you so much for giving us that reminder and um, allowing us to um, consider what makes us happy. So thank you, Diana. Thank you very much. I'm very happy that I was able to um, explain um, my own experience and I encourage anyone to continue listening to these amazing episodes of the Selfish Podcast with you. Uh, it's been an amazing experience. Thank you. And I wish every one of you a lot of peace and love. Like what you just heard? Visit us at SelfishThePodcast.com. Subscribe and leave a review on iTunes today.